Thank you. <laughs> we will call the Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, Little Rock Water Reclamation Commission meeting to order. Hal Anderson is gonna lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. If you join in, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Welcome, Commissioner Siemens. All right, we've got a safety minute from Cherie Bynum, safety coordinator. You're muted. Uh, I still can't hear you. <laughs> Cherie, if you need to come in my office, you can. Welcome, Commissioner Marsh. We're figuring out our safety minute. We might have some technical issues. Like we do. And let me take this minute to be a plug that we should all come back into the boardroom for our next commission meeting. <laughs> safety minute was going to be on heat safety so maybe the heat melted her microphone i'm not sure but uh, <laughs> it must have. okay there you are there you Can are you we hear me now? now oh gosh technical difficulties good afternoon everyone sorry about that hope everyone's doing well i wanted to start off by just uh, first off giving kudos to our employees for going 489 days without a lost time incident or accident. Um, that's a huge accomplishment and I just wanted to make sure that we celebrated it and that I shared it with you all. Um, today's safety minute is going to be on heat stress. As we know, summertime is quickly making its way in and I wanted to provide some important facts and tips that can help us all this summer. Heat's one of the leading weather-related killers in the U.S., resulting in hundreds of fatalities each year. During extremely hot and humid weather, our body's ability to cool itself is challenged. So when the body heats too, too rapidly to cool itself properly, or when too much fluid or salt is lost through dehydration or sweating, body temperatures rises and you or someone you care about may experience a heat-related illness. We'll talk about what heat exhaustion is. It's the body's response to an excessive loss of water and salt, usually through excessive sweating. Workers or people most prone to heat exhaustion are those that are elderly, have high blood pressure, and those working in a hot environment. Some symptoms of heat exhaustion include headache, nausea, dizziness, weakness, irritability, thirst, heavy sweating, elevated body temperature, and then decreased urine output. If someone is suffering from heat exhaustion, you should take them to a cool area, 
make sure to stay with them until um, help arrives. Call 911, remove them from that hot area, give liquids to drink, never give them anything ice cold. It needs to be room temperature, water, remove unnecessary clothing, including shoes and socks, and then cool the worker with cold compresses to help cool them down. Encourage frequent sips of cool water. A heat stroke is when the, is the most serious of the heat related illnesses. It occurs when the body becomes unable to control its temperature. The body's temperature rises rapidly, the sweating mechanism fails, and then the body is unable to cool down. When heat strokes occur, the body temperature can rise to 106 degrees Fahrenheit or higher within 10 to 15 minutes. Heat stroke can cause death or permanently disable if emergency treatment is not given. Symptoms of heat stroke are often similar to symptoms of heat exhaustion, thirst, headache, uh, delusion, irritability, irritability, loss of sight, thought process, and can possibly pass out. Take the following steps to treat a person or worker with a heat stroke. Immediately call 911 for emergency medical care. Stay with that worker until emergency medical services arrive. Move them to the shaded or cool area and remove outer clothing. Circulate the air around the worker to speed cooling. Place cold, wet cloths on head, neck, armpits, and groin, or soak the clothing with cool water. Some key tips to prevent these illnesses. Stay cool. Make sure to choose lightweight and loose fit clothing. Wear and replenish sunscreen throughout the day. Drink plenty of water and fluids. Don't wait until you're thirsty to drink. Avoid sugary and caffeinated or alcoholic drinks. Replace the salt and minerals. Heavy sweating removes salt and minerals that need to be replaced. A sports drink or a snack can replace what you lose in sweat. And then be on the lookout for signs of heat-related illnesses. Act immediately if you notice someone with symptoms. So that's what I have. Thank you. Yeah. Words to the wise then. Is there any objection to approving the minutes of the April 20th, 2022 regular meeting and the April 26th, 2022 special meeting? Hearing no objection, the minutes are approved as written. Do we have any public comment cards? No, ma'am, we have none. Okay, Tanya Wallace will present a recommendation of award for a collection system project. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good. Thanks. Okay. Are you able to see my screen or are we seeing the wrong thing? I don't think it's in presentation mode though. There. What about, are we good to go now? No. You, you just need to switch your display. Okay. It still didn't work. No, it did not. No, ma'am. You're good with that, Tanya. What are we? Tanya, hit swap presenter view and slideshow, and that should fix it. Is it there still you. not doing it? Perfect. Perfect. 
Nope, it works now. Oh, good. All right, so we're, we'll get past this. Um, we have before you the FEMA wastewater collection system. Uh, it's a recommendation of award. Uh, we took bids. This is, we have two FEMA projects remaining, and this is one of those two. It was, this is the large diameter pipes and manhole infrastructure located in the Fush bottoms that was damaged during the flood event. Our previous actions where we got our CADIS on board with the professional service contract to help with our public assistance disaster recovery program back in 2019. We went through, this is the project that we went through two extensive appeal processes where we were finally granted approval and obligation. This is where the project is located. It's in the Fush Bottoms. So the time of year when you do this project is always very important because if it's the rainy season, it's the access is very difficult at times. We have what we want to do is have cured in place pipeliner that's 18 inch, 42 inch and 54 inch. It almost equals up to about 8,000 feet of cured in place liner that will be installed. There are approximately 15 manholes that need to be rehabilitated or adjusted. And because of the location within this project, access roads, they will have to do a little uh, gravel and such to get to certain locations and that could equal up to 9,500 feet. On the right, that's just photos of some of the damage that we were seeing and some of the changes when they would read TV and they could see that the holes were getting a little bit larger in short periods of time after the flood. So we held a bid opening on May the 10th and as you can see, the FEMA obligated funds were 5.3 million. We received three bids, SAK Construction, Suncoast, and in situ form. SAK was the apparent low bidder at 7,571,350 dollars. The 5.3 million obligated was before we've really started seeing price increases since with COVID. And so what happens is you go into and you construct the project, then they, you show them how your bids turned out and then they reevaluate the, the uh, unit prices to uh, the current market with what they obligated. We've had extensive experience with SAK construction. They were the ones that performed our almost 4,000 feet of CIPP on our 60 inch at the airport. And we were very satisfied with the work. There are no future commission items anticipated at this time. I'd like to open the floor to questions if you have any. 
Anybody have questions? Okay, we can move on to the request. Today's consideration is to award the construction contract to SAK Construction LLC in the amount of $7,571,350 and authorize Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority's CEO to execute a contract for FEMA Wastewater Collection System. Do I hear a motion? So moved. Second. Second. Any other questions? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. And Ms. Wallace, you also have a change order for the Bullpark, Rebsman, and I-630 project. Yes, ma'am. Hopefully, I can get this up a lot easier than that, that last one. Are you seeing it out of presentation mode right now? No, I think you'll have to put it in presentation mode again. Okay. One more. There you go. Okay. We're good. Okay. That one worked a little bit easier that time if you're seeing it correctly. Okay. We are. Yep. Thank you. So this is the I-630 crossing, Rebsman Bowl Park, it is a change order request. I presented a change order request last month for the same project. Um, we have found something that we would like to present to you today with this project. We showed you what this project, the scope of work in the existing project was last month. It, it had 5,933 feet. We change ordered in 1,278 feet of CIPP liner, and we change ordered in 10 additional manholes last month. Those were priority one lines that were identified that needed to be rehabilitated in the next one to three years. Since last month, we had we have done some plugging operations out of the high street diversion structure. When those lines were under surcharge, you can see in that photo, we started seeing some bubbling up along three line segments. So we knew we had some leaks. This is in the fish bottoms as well, where this pink is. It's pre-stressed concrete pipe from 1950. It would need to be cleaned, televised, and then a cured in place liner of 836 feet. And you can see the work area here, which up here in the top middle, that's Barton Coliseum. So this is just southeast of Barton in the Fush Bottoms as well. 
We have Suncoast infrastructure. Their current contract is at $2,547,681. This change order amount would be in $456,456. We would utilize the existing contract. It would be a 17.9% increase. Before we elected to go directly with Suncoast since they were under contract, we did reach out to receive another quote to just to make sure we were in line because this size pipe was not in their line items for bids when we bid this out. So the numbers came in and Suncoast was lower than the second quote. It helped because they're already mobilized here so that their price was lower. They're also, we didn't have a lot of expense with bypass pumping because we were able to utilize upstream of there. We have a cross connection where they can plug the line, divert flows. So that lowers the cost tremendously when you don't have to bypass pump. When we knew that this area was in the fish bottoms where the flooding had took place, and we realized there was more damage here than we anticipated during the flooding. We reached out to an Arkansas Department of Emergency Management, presented our case of it being a hazard mitigation project. So they are willing to grant us 75% of the project cost up to $300,000. So we would be responsible for 25% of the project cost on this, the repair, CIPP repair of these three line segments. There's no future commission items anticipated at this time, but if you have any questions, I'll help you the best I can. And Chairwoman McBride, Commissioner, I just want to thank my staff for working hard with uh, with Adams as well as with FEMA. Um, we've had a really, really good relationship recently and uh, and their willingness to step up on this project is, just shows uh, the commitment, not only that they have, but also the relationship that we built. Greg, I wanted Fantastic. to add, if I could, just, just briefly, um, you know, when we found out from, um, from Adam that they had money, the reason they had some money is because someone else was unable to spend the money by the deadline. And the deadline to have this money spent is the end of June, I believe is, is right, Tanya. Yes. So since the timetable was so short, um, we were kind of limited on what options we had to procure um, someone to do this. That's the reason we're bringing um, the idea of a change order to an existing contract one thing, um, you know, the, the company's already mobilized. We're, you know, a lot of the costs are working off of their previous bid items um, where before a lot of the inflation costs, that was, the, that was what happened last month when we were able to execute that change order. But more importantly is it gave us an avenue to be able to expend the funds by the required deadline and take advantage of, of $300,000 worth of assistance. So just wanted to add that. And Suncoast, has feels like they can be done with this project, these three line segments prior to June. So taking care of this in such a quick manner will be great for us. 
Fantastic. I'm ready for the request. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if anybody else has questions. Today, staff is requesting commission to approve the construction change order for Suncoast infrastructure in the amount of $456,456 and authorize Laura Water Reclamation Authority CEO to execute the change order for I-630 Rebsman and Ballpark Rehabilitation Project. So your motion. So moved. Second. Second. Any other questions? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you, Thank Ms. Wallace. Quint Nelson will present a recommendation of award for pipe burst relay in place, in place work. Thank you, Chairperson. Can you all see my screen as well? Sure. We can. Thank you, ma'am. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and y'all's time this afternoon to bring to you the recommendation of award uh, for pipe burst and relay in place construction contract of our infiltration and inflow reduction program in the Rose Creek, Rebsman, Rock Creek, and Grassy Flat areas. So the, the outline is, is similar to our other presentations. We'll bring some project background, uh, then talk about our project today, discuss any next steps, and have the uh, formal request. So some project background, here's the a map showing our project area for this work. Uh, it does encompass about 25% of our small diameter collection system, uh, mainly around the riverfront and downtown areas, uh, then 430-630 corridor, and a little bit out in West Little Rock. So our previous uh, actions on this project uh, back in February of 2019, uh, commission approved the authorization for this project. Uh, then shortly after we brought to you the professional services contract for our consultant to help us out with this. Uh, that was approved in April of 2019. And then the um, construction recommendation award for uh, construction for Horseshoe back in uh, December of 2019. This is the same contract. Uh, Horseshoe held this contract for the year 2020 and 2021 uh, due to some issues uh, encountered during those that that time uh, we felt it was in the best interest of the utility and our customers uh, to to not renew this contract and uh, it go out for for bids again and that's what we're bringing to you today. Uh, this project does help mitigate wet weather weather overflows. Uh, using the pipe burst and relay in place rehab uh, methods um, and this, the issues for this are related to our consent administrative order. So project today is uh, we, we did open bids on March 31st of this year. We received one bid, Arkansas Cleaning and Televising LLC of Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, these are annual contracts that just establish unit price um, bids and, and that means that uh, as we find the work out in the field, we can issue the work uh, to the contractor and they can go perform the work and have a means to um, 
get paid for it by the, the line items and unit prices that are set set in these uh, in this bid. So with only receiving one bid, we wanted to make sure we did our due diligence and uh, review the bid pretty extensively. And that's why it's taken a little while to come to you since our March 31st bid. Um, as, as we're all aware, we have uh, after COVID, it's, it's, we have an unprecedented uh, increases and rises in material cost um, that we're also seeing a shortage in labor in the construction industry. And these these reasons are, are why we received one bid. So to compare these prices with current market, we reached out to other local utilities who have bid uh, projects within the past year. We were able to find four other projects uh, in North Little Rock and Sherwood. Um, and so we used those, compared the prices, and, and these are very reasonable compared to those. Um, so they, they do fall within today's market. This contract is an annual contract with the option to renew for one additional year. And this contract with our three other rehab contracts in this area uh, will stay within the budgeted amount, uh, the total budget. We do not anticipate any other uh, future commission items, uh, actions to be required. And with that, I will entertain any questions you may have. Any questions? Okay. Awesome, thank you. So for today's consideration, staff is requesting commission to accept the unit prices submitted by Arkansas Cleaning and Televising LLC, conditional upon Arkansas Natural Resources Division concurrence and authorize the CEO to enter into a contract for the infiltration and inflow reduction program, Rose Creek, Rebsman, Rock Creek, Grassy Flat Basins, contract one, pipe burst relay in place. Do I hear a motion that effect? So moved. A second. Second. Uh, any other questions? All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. Amber Yatesel presents a recommendation of award for biosolid services. Good afternoon, everyone. Chairwoman McBride and commissioners. There we go. Okay. Can everybody see the proper screen? Yep. Nope. Okay. One more. <laughs> oh, one more. Hang on just a second. Now? Uh, oh. Did it do it? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, hang on. I think it just has a little lag time. I think it does too. You may have uh, gone back now. You might want to do it one more time. Uh-oh. Let's see here. There we yep, go. There you go. Is it, okay, perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, technology, I love it. Okay, so today I'm bringing a recommendation of award for the removal and beneficial use of biosolids land application for your consideration. Shown here is a picture of our four lagoons of biosolids located at the Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility. 
And biosolids is a term used to describe treated organic residuals that are intended for agricultural use as a soil conditioner. And we produce um, somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 dry tons of biosolids per year. This contract will provide for the removal and transport of the biosolids material from two of the four sludge lagoons to be land applied at other properties. The other two sludge lagoons will be drained next year and removal of this material will accommodate storage for biosolids produced in the future. Amber, can I just add oh, the five to six tons of, of dried biosolids? Keep in mind, we normally move material that's probably around 10% uh, solid. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of, of trucks that are hauled out because we're not, it's not dry when we're, when we're uh, transporting it. So um, an invitation to bid procurement process was done to obtain pricing in a term contract for this service. And once approved, the contract will have an initial one year term with the option to renew up to six additional times. This service is part of the 2022 approved budget, but I wanna pause here and say that the 2022 budget amount for biosolids is uh, $700,000, which is more than we budgeted in 2021, but like with many items in the pandemic, we had no way of knowing how much the cost would increase. So due to inflation and other rising costs, such as gas prices, which obviously would have a considerable effect on a hauling contract, uh, the prices that you're gonna see on the next slide are over this budgeted amount. And Mike, did you have anything that you wanted to add from kind of a, a financial perspective on this? The only thing I wanted to add is I've got I've got some information on what we're seeing on inflation that I'll provide in the um, in the financial update for May in a little bit. Can't wait. <laughs> so, OK, so I'll continue to the bid tabulation slide. Um, so as you can see, a total of four bids were received. JMB Tanker Inc. Uh, submitted the low bid of nine hundred seventy nine thousand eight hundred and ten dollars. And if you recall in some previous year's biosolids presentations, maybe about three years ago and before, uh, we only had one bidder, and that's because we required bidders to provide their own permitted lands. And so a lot of credit uh, should go to our engineering and operations and environmental affairs groups for their, their hard work in obtaining our own permitted lands, which allowed us to start obtaining more than one bidder. And so even though these bids are maybe higher than we anticipated when we started the budgeting process back in the summer of 2021, if I look at this bid tabulation, I see where we might've been um, in contracting on the higher end of this spectrum. We're really fortunate that the utility had the foresight to obtain these lands so we wouldn't be paying on the, the higher end of this spectrum. So I know that that was a lot of information. So I'll pause here to see if anyone has any questions on this. I don't. Well done, though, again, on securing those lands and keeping the prices down. Thank you. So um, moving on to the request, the so staff is requesting the commission to approve the recommendation of award for the removal and beneficial use of biosolids land application for $979,810 and to authorize the CEO to enter into a contract with J&B Tanker, Inc., and to authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO 
if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures. Do I hear a motion to that effect? So moved. Any questions? Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. And Ms. Yates is back with purchase authorization for liability insurance policies. And there we go. Okay. Okay, Chairwoman McBride and Commissioners, continuing on uh, bringing a purchase authorization for utility insurance policies that are listed on this slide for your consideration. A request for qualifications procurement process was done in 2018 to select an insurance broker for insurance policies needed by the utility and BXS Insurance was selected as the broker. Um, the RFQ was done for the broker only. So what we're bringing to the commission is the policies themselves, which is where the expense or the cost portion to the utility comes in. So I wanted to give you a brief overview of these policies. For the property piece, that covers the repair or replacement of about $342 million of, of property belonging to LRWRA and about $3.2 million in equipment uh, belonging to us. And coverage is through Cincinnati Casualty Company. The annual premium is about is is one hundred and twenty. I'm sorry, one hundred eighty one thousand fifteen dollars for June first through May thirty first of twenty twenty three. The fiduciary piece um, that policy covers LRWRA's management and administration of employee retirement accounts. So just to give you some perspective. Um, there's about $25 million in, in our all of our retirement accounts combined. Coverage is through Travelers Casualty Insurity, and the annual premium is $3,334 for uh, June 1st of this year through May 31st of 2023. And those policies, you know, are going to be re renewed in June, so we had hard figures for those, but cyber insurance um, is not renewed until August. So we only had an estimated value to bring to you, but for efficiency, we wanted to go ahead and bring you all policies for approval at, at this meeting. So for the cyber um, insurance, I'm, I'm sure many of you know our IT senior manager, Pat, uh, Patrick Grimmett, and, and Patrick we trust, but for everything else that could heaven forbid happen, we have cyber liability that protects us in case of a cyber attack. So the policy includes numerous items such as providing us with a cyber forensic uh, expert and attorney in the event of a breach or loss, as well as monetary insurance for recovery costs. So coverage is through Lloyd's of London and the annual premium is estimated at $19,470 for August 3rd through of this year through May 31st of 2023. So we'll be changing that end date. We, we've got that end date to coincide with our other policies so that next year um, all of them will renew at once. And the total estimated amount for all of these policies combined is $203,819. And so I will stop here and turn it over to the commission if they have any questions. Thank you, good. Okay. 
staff is requesting for the commission to approve the purchase authorization of these insurance policies for $203,819 and to authorize the CEO to bind coverage for the utility and sign the policies to, and to author, also authorize subsequent policies to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO if these policies are within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures. Do I hear a motion to that effect? All moved. Second. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The motion passes. Thank you, Ms. Yates. Thank you. Mike Rota has our financials. Okay, thank you, which should be pulled up here in just a second. Thanks, Kanita, Alex, who's ever on the other end of that. Thank you. We need the Jeopardy theme playing here. And Alexander, we share it stopped. Here we are. So as our cover today, we've got um, the, our Spanish version of best practices for uh, what to put down the drain and what not to put down the drain and how to get rid of waste in the kitchen. So um, a financial update for April 2022, uh, page one, please. I'm not going to butcher my Spanish. We'll just move right along. Um, <laughs> Revenue was $5.3 million, which uh, exceeded the budget once again by about 100,000 uh, of note, as we'll talk a little bit more when we talk about inflation here in a few minutes, is that year to date, we're $543,000 uh, greater in revenue than what we had budgeted, which is a great position to be in. Our operating expenses were also less than budget by about 100,000, 88,000 to be exact. And year to date, we are under budget on our operating expenses by 540,000. So from a net, from a margin perspective, operating margin, revenue minus expenses, we've, we've got just about $1.1 million uh, better than budget as we uh, close out the first four months of the year. That's really important as we talk about inflation here in a minute. <clears throat> on the revenue side for the month, um, it was really just pretty much across the board with assessments, both domestic and, and non-domestic were slightly above budget to produce the $100,000 variance. Surcharges were pretty much right in line and other fees and income, obviously those are a much smaller percentage of it to begin with. The next slide we talk about consumption. Um, it still continues on a rolling 12 month average to increase both domestically and non-domestically. So, you know, if there's one thing that the pandemic has done that has benefited our business, I guess, if you will, it has driven up consumption ultimately across the board. And 
We were not headed that way uh, a few years ago. So while that's, uh, we'd rather have not had the pandemic, we are seeing um, sustained revenues in our, in our business model as a result of it. And at the end of the day, um, that is what it is, but it's certainly better than, uh, than, than falling consumption. We've been there before. The next slide, we'll talk about operating expenses just a little bit that came in slightly below budget at $88,000. Contract services was under budget by 64,000. That was the majority of it. Salaries were under budget by about 60,000. We still run with more vacancies than we would want, but we are finding good people and filling vacancies um, quickly. However, we still have a number of them and that's just leading to the the overall year-to-date salaries being under budget. The next slide will talk about inflation. And, um, you know, on the one hand, as I said, we're $540,000 under budget for expenses for the year. So, um, you know, we've obviously got a lot of good things going on, but we are seeing inflation. And here's a few examples. Operationally, the first one, um, chemicals. Last year, based on the volumes that we used, we, we spent $270,000 in chemicals, and that includes chlorine, polymers, and sulfur dioxide that are used in the treatment process at our, in our operations group. We budgeted $270,000 based on that last year, but when we uh, bid everything this year, the actual cost, if we use the same volumes that we used in 2021, will be four hundred and almost $420,000 which is a 55% increase. Um, our cybersecurity insurance policy is going up 20%. The estimate that Amber talked about a few minutes ago is uh, a few thousand dollars higher than uh, the first year that we had that policy. And then our biosolids, which Amber also talked about, another big area. Last year, we spent a little over 500,000 in biosolids. Uh, we budgeted 700,000. And as she reported, our, uh, our, our low bid came in just under a million dollars. It's a 90% increase from 2021. So, you know, as we look for how are we going to fund inflation and how is the utility gonna fare with inflation, I think I would note a couple things. One, obviously we're, we're $540,000 greater in revenue so far year to date. We're $540,000 under on expense. So we've got a little cushion to absorb some of this inflation, but probably more importantly was thinking back to the moves that we made early in the pandemic, where we um, increased our cash flow by going to ANRC and getting three years of principal deferred on all our ANRC debt at no additional interest costs over the remaining life of those loans. And we also have done a couple of refunding efforts. We did one last year in 2021 and one in 2020, taking advantage of um, the, the borrowing markets. And we reduced our costs uh, in the next few years. We front loaded those costs as well. So we freed up about $20 million is my recollection of cash through those moves that we otherwise wouldn't have had. And that was all in preparation of how we were gonna come out of the pandemic. At the time we made those moves, I think we were primarily focused on, on thinking we were gonna have significant revenue losses. And so we were trying to free up cash to absorb the revenue losses. 
But as we've seen, obviously, um, the back end of those revenue losses, which fortunately for us were not as significant as we first feared, the back end of that is this enormous wave of inflation that is on the news and that we're all experiencing professionally and personally. So we cannot predict ultimately uh, in 2022 as of yet what the inflation toll is going to be in our financial position. But with uh, $60 million in the bank and freeing up cash flow through those, those debt maneuvers and continuing to overachieve, if you will, on our, on our revenues and um, spend wisely on our expenses, I think we're in a good position to absorb whatever lies ahead of us. Greg, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, Michael. Um, we, you know, these are very different times than what we've experienced, certainly in the, in the recent past. And so we just need to be mindful that, um, that these things, it, we're, we're an organization where these increases, we just don't go out and just charge more for it. It, it goes, it goes through a rate process. So yeah, we're having to absorb these. Yeah, y'all can't do like some other companies. I won't say a name. Yeah. Hey, but Greg, Greg, Greg is, is, yeah, Mike knows what I'm talking about. Hey, so this was this was the slide I wanted to see, Mike, that year over year play. So, have we had the organization individually go down? Because you know, I was thinking about the inflation and the budgeting. Yes, we're having great months, great position we're in. But as we both know, inflation costs can eat so fast, so quickly with some line items, it can hit us like nothing. You're talking about a project that was originally 700, now 1 million. Another project that was maybe 150,000, now costing half a million. That can quickly catch up with us. But also just everyday things such as your gas prices and all the other things that will be affecting uh, the business. So, I mean, how do you feel about, as you look at down the line, and, and I know we have a good cash flow, good position. But as we look down the line at the current rate, not saying we can forecast what inflation will be, but you feel pretty good about the second half and first half of next year at the rate that we're going right now uh, and the amount of um, of revenue that we're seeing. Because also the, the piece there with the expenses, you know, the job market right now is so flexible. And then with the it's tightening very hard so positions that we may not see now we may need to hire but then we can't find a body so we may need to go ahead and get those individuals in as they apply or if you see good talent which also affect your expenses so i was just saying if you, just getting your thoughts on how you feel about it second half first half that at the rate we're going, the amount we have, and also with some of the changes in the landscape of us with the cult with us, some of our funding ending how do you feel about it and, and your thoughts on it? You are great. Well, I guess I would I'd, I'd go first, Sean. That's a great question. I mean, I, it's hard to feel good about it. You know, I think, I think I feel good about the position that we're in to absorb whatever increases we're going to see. Um, you know, we are an organization that has a long history of um, uh, disciplined expense management. And when we see um, things changing, we generally have a way to help offset at least some of those changes when they're for the bad. Um, and it's a month by month process. I'm a little concerned, obviously, as we, as we are getting close to starting the 2023 budget, you know, you, you'd like to feel a little bit better about um, 
budgeting expenses for 2023 or, or for any future year, but these are difficult times to put realistic budgets together because of these items on this slide and everything that you talked about, Commissioner. So do I feel good about it? I, 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 that's an overstatement. Am I worried about it? Not necessarily because, you know, we do have $60 million of cash in the bank through, through just wise uh, money management through the years by the utility. And, um, you know, ultimately we'll see where we're at in a couple of years and, and whether our timeline on when we might think we need another rate increase uh, needs to incur. But at this point, I don't anticipate that changing much simply because of the strong position that we are in. Greg, you have any thoughts? Yeah, to that? I just want to add, um, Commissioner Hightower, the, I, I think one of the really, really great things about this organization, and I have to say, um, compared to the other places I've worked at is we're an extremely nimble organization and, and we can react very quickly to things that occur uh, both on the expense side and in many cases on the revenue side, as you, as you have seen. Um, all of the things that Mike talked about earlier that we did that have positioned ourselves well, we really did that to increase our reserves the most that we possibly could do. And, and, and I think we've done a really good job. And so my goal is that with, you know, if inflation is with us for another, another strong year, hopefully not more than that, we can weather that well. Um, we're, we're in a good cash position and we are that way because we've actually been very stingy at trying at, at really, uh, you know, getting into that and, and spending uh, the, the, the monies that we have in our reserve. So I, I, again, not a good, not, not a great feeling, but a good position to be in. Yeah, I just want to just, I mean, that's another, you know, to commend Mike and staff for what they did during the pandemic and securing those rainy day funds. You know, I think it's become uh, even, um, even more apparent and even making sure that as a, a utility, we're in a better place. So hats off to, to, to Mike and the team, because as you just said, you know, we can't, we can't turn that spigot on as some of other companies can, if you don't have those reserves and, we would be in a bad place. So just something to watch out for. I know you guys are, but uh, it's something that can just creep up on you so fast that you just may not sometimes see it. So thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Next slide, please. Speaking of our strong cash position, um, that's a highlight of where we stand on slide six. Um, we have $66.6 .6 million of cash in the bank at the end of uh, the month and um, the majority of that 57.2 million is in our operating reserve. Um, you know, if I just thinking back to where we were a couple years ago, I think that number was hanging around 40, 45 million. So we have significantly increased it and we still have one more year on our, um, on our principal, um, on our principal delay through ANRC. So we have one more year of, of uh, principal free debt repayment that will help uh, even further. So again, um, hopefully we'll still have a good portion of that reserve left when we get through 2023, but it's, it's there if we need it. And then uh, finally, um, the last slide, just a snapshot of our debt balance. We paid down three RLFs um, and we uh, 
but we paid down our principal payments 2.4 million we took draws from three additional rlfs our debt balance decreased by about 600,000 and our interest for the month is running about 1.1 million a month that's a pretty constant number so we are in a good strong financial position we're keeping our eye on the 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 toll of inflation in our financials and um, we'll continue to report on that as we go through the year that's all i have fantastic thank you one point uh commissioner hightower brought up and i don't want a, a big long um explanation for this but are we hiring anyone i know we've been on a freeze for that but do is that something we need to be considering or thinking about as we go into next year we've got about uh, seven positions that uh, are presently vacant i'd say about three of those positions we're determining whether we're going to use them in a different form or not so we're not at this point hiring for those so um, we we are continuing to hire, but we're also we've got some positions that right now are are on hold. Okay. All right. Thank you. Jean Block has our legal update. Hello, commissioners. Um, I, I will start with uh, hiring news just to keep that um, thread going. <laughs> I am happy to report that I have hired our director of environmental affairs, uh, uh, Rebecca Berkman. She's not with us today she's attending a conference um, and but i look forward to formally introducing her to you all um, next month um, in over the last month um, i've worked on a range of issues um, including um, involving those involving integrity and energy and i think we're going to talk a little bit about those in greg's report um, as well as working on a range of contracts. Uh, I also attended in Northwest Arkansas, the Arkansas Bars Environmental Law Conference, and that was very useful. It gave me a chance to talk with our regulators quite a bit and hear what's on their minds. So um, in, in terms of litigation update, uh, we are still in a holding pattern. We're still waiting on the Court of Appeals to issue their opinion. So that's my report. Fantastic, thank you. And Mr. Bone has our highlights. All right. Well, um, Chairwoman McBride, Commissioners, I um, want to start off by saying that uh, the annual Arkansas uh, Water Conference was held in uh, Hot Springs May 2nd through the 3rd. And this is a, a tremendous conference for us. We're very involved in it and our employees get an opportunity uh, to sit in on pertinent sessions um, and network with other professionals and obtain uh, the required continued education hours that they need to maintain their west wastewater uh, licensing. This also uh, allows them to go to uh, talks that are Im involving innovative approaches to improving operation, uh, engage in discussion around design, management, maintenance of water and wastewater systems. So uh, we, we really take part in this uh, in this conference and we really encourage our employees to uh, attend uh, where they can. Uh, but as part of this conference, we also, uh, I also strongly encourage our folks to uh, to have talks at the conference, and this time we had uh, we had several folks talk. Uh, we had our own, very own Quentin Nelson uh, talk about the rainfall analysis and compliance tool that that we've developed, and and many agencies are actually uh, looking at what we've done there. Uh, we had Zach Crumpler talk about the LRWRA fog program uh, that you folks approved uh, the the changes that were done. We have Harold Huanu. Uh, he's his presentation was on Acres of Diamonds, a leadership perspective. He did a fantastic job. 
Uh, Gene Block uh, talked about investing and empowering young professionals uh, to lead our industry now. Uh, and then Amber Yates and Kelly Kelly uh, had a presentation on stop flushing potential savings for your organization. And I think the stop flushing part, which is part of uh, the play on words. So, uh, but also part of that uh, conference, we had, uh, it's also where they, where they give out awards uh, to different utilities and uh, employees. And uh, we had several awards. As a matter of fact, I think we cleaned up on the awards. Uh, Tommy Kelly, uh, the chair of our safety team, um, he was awarded the Safety Professional of the Year. Uh, Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority received the safety award uh, for the cities with a population greater than uh, 20,000 people. Uh, Luke Baldwin, he's our plant operator at the Adams Field Water Reclamation Facility, received the Wastewater Outstanding Achievement Award. Harold uh, Huanu was the Young Professional of the Year. Uh, and then uh, Gene Block was the wastewater manager of the year. So we're, hats off to them. Also, Gene was inducted into the Arkansas chapter of the Select Society of Sanitary Sludge Shovelers uh, Association. And what you see is part of Jean's uh, initiation. She had to hold a bucket with sand in it for the entire time while I was talking. And well, you folks know that I generally like to talk a lot. I probably, I'm assuming that she probably had very sore arms afterwards, but uh, congratulations to Jean. And our final award winner was uh, Walter Collins. He was presented with the Arthur uh, Bedell Award uh, for extraordinary person, uh, personal service to the AWW slash WEA conference. Uh, he also took the reins as chair for next year's conference. So want to give all of them a big congrats for the uh, for winning the awards. Want to say that uh, on April 21st, we celebrated Earth Day. Uh, we had a booth at the UALR Alumni Plaza. We distributed canned degrees kits and shared information about how we protect the environment uh, and with our process as well as the programs that we offer. Um, another congratulations to Kelly Kelly, our procurement coordinator, who was awarded the Buyer of the Year at the 2022 Arkansas Chapter of the National Institute for Public Procurement Conference. This prestigious award uh, is a statewide award uh, given annually to the procurement professionals who have made a significant contribution uh, to not only to the chapter, the members, but the procurement profession. Uh, this is the third year in a row that our organization has won this award. Congratulations, Kelly. Um, also, our team had a booth at the National, uh, the Neighborhood uh, USA Conference held in the State House Convention Center. The NUSA is based in uh, Beaverton, Oregon, uh, but this year's uh, event was hosted by the City of Little Rock. Uh, the conference provided opportunity for organizations to share ideas, values, and experiences to help build stronger communities. Uh, people visited our booth uh, from communities in several states, including Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Michigan, Indiana, and many more. Um, the majority of them were really excited about our Can Degrees program and wanted more information on it. So uh, great job on that. Also, Kelly Kelly was uh, our, our procurement coordinator moderator at a panel discussion on supporting minority business success in government uh, marketplace. The discussion focused on how government agencies may engage minority business vendors 
The panel provided an outstand, uh, understanding of the history and reason behind the importance of utilizing local minority vendors to provide goods and services to the government uh, marketplace. And uh, the uh, Little Rock Women of Water uh, spent the afternoon last week volunteering at the Little Rock Zoo. The, woman, uh, the women cut bamboo shoots, they raked leaves, did some landscaping uh, in the flower beds. And after a couple of hours of working in 90 plus degree weather, they had a fellowship and snack at the zoo cafeteria. Big thanks to the women of water. Um, want to say that uh, tomorrow our HR team um, has, has done a lot of the recruitment fairs throughout uh, not only the central Arkansas, but even beyond. And tomorrow they'll be at the Little Rock Air Force Base. Our team continues to use uh, forward thinking and creative ways to not only advertise, engage, uh, but recruit for open positions. Um, also, uh, last week we met with uh, Becky Keel, uh, the Secretary of the Department of Energy and Environment and members of her staff from the Department of Environmental Quality. Uh, prior to COVID, we would meet annually uh, and, and obviously we haven't been doing that for the last two years. So this was a great time to resume that. You know, as the largest water reclamation agency uh, in the state, I believe it's important for us to have a good working relationship with ADEQ uh, and being able to sit down with them at least once a year um, is, is just a big part of that. So uh, that was a great event for us. Um, want to say that staff will be advertising for uh, the consultant to assist with the development of a master plan uh, that will provide us a, the utility a roadmap on how we move forward with disposing of biosolids in the future. Um, as you can see from the disposal re uh, request earlier today, our costs are just continuing to escalate. So managing disposal of biosolids will continue to be uh, what we believe will continue to increase and we need to find ways to to do this better. Um, we're looking at a long-term plan. And so our interest is to get a, a study done on that to see how, how that only, how that fits within our organization, as well as what the capital cost will be in the future. I also want to say that uh, as a, a uh, National Clean Water Agency uh, board member and representing Little Rock Water Reclamation, I attended the annual DC Water Week event this is where we meet with our congressional delegation in Washington, D.C., and make them aware of our concerns and areas that they may be able to help us in. This was the perfect time for us to talk about the, the new infrastructure law, as well as continuing to fund the low-income water assistance program and future regulations that we believe are coming, as well as PFAS, just to name a few. I met with Congressman um, Westerman, as well as Crawford and French Hill, um, and also with Senator John Bozeman. So we had a great time to talk about the things that are important to our community and, and, and our utility. I wanna say that uh, I, I, I want Hal to talk a little bit about where we're at with the Gain Street project, as well as Gene to talk about what the next steps are regarding the property. And if you recall, this was a special uh, meeting that we had um, a few weeks ago. Sure, Greg, thank you. Um, you know, I've got, I guess from a construction standpoint, I've got nothing but good news. Um, I think that's always um, good to report. You know, we kind of went out there a few weeks ago and, and kind of committed to getting across the energy property uh, promptly without any um, problems. And, and I'm pleased to report that we've done that. This is the drawing that you should have gotten probably on Monday, but just kind of recapping 
The, the green is the part that has been installed. The red um, is the remaining work to be done. The energy property, you can see the substation there. The property that we've all been um, concerned about as far as access and dealing with energy is that that section is kind of running um, from left to right across the north there. And so that is installed. It has been tested and accepted. Backfilled, the land's been restored. Um, trees planted, grass seed planted, um, we're good. So I think uh, the next thing to report is the remaining work is, is shown in red. It's gonna be a little bit more difficult or a little bit slower work there because that is actually relaying and upsizing um, from our current 30 inch line to a 54. Um, so there's going to have to be some bypass pumping done that's in association with that section of pipe. Um, we anticipate Hopefully if things go well, maybe a week and a half to have that done, two weeks maybe on the outside, depending on weather. Um, the good news about that is once that section is complete, we will have avoided the emergency um, and we will be uh, placing the new line in service and, and we will no longer have to worry about the pipeline that's underneath the, the substation. Um, I have to mention um, that Diamond Construction, because we come to you guys with with contractors from time to time, but Diamond Construction has to be commended for the job they've done. This has been a difficult project. It's been very tight in a lot of areas, um, working around the energy infrastructure. Um, they've they've pretty much done everything we've asked. They've you know they've had a lot of people watching what they've been doing out there, obviously, and with energy as the property owner and and others. And so I I have to take just a moment to to commend them on the job that they've done. So far, so good. I hope I hadn't jinxed this, um, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to report back that we're we're finished with the construction. So Greg, I hope that's what you were looking for. Yep. yep. And I'll just take it from there. Um, you'll recall from the special called meeting that um, we are, the utility um, hopes to um, purchase the property. Um, now that the construction work is done, uh, per the language of the temporary construction easement, um, we are to notify Entergy of the completion of the work um, and the temporary construction easement is worded um, such that the, it terminates um, upon completion of that work. So um, this week we will get out notice to them um, and then we will continue to work with the city attorney's office to um, finalize the language of the warranty deed. And I'm hoping that um, uh, in the next three to four weeks, we can get that finalized. If we, if the city is not able to reach an agreement with Entergy on that language, then the utility will move to condemn the property uh, because we, we need an easement. Uh, we either need an easement or we need to have a property deed. And, and that is the end goal. And so that's what we're working towards. So um, Chairwoman McBride, commissioners, again, I think we're, we're the special call that we did. Obviously, um, we, we had additional risk that we have done the job. Nothing has occurred. Everything is well there. And the goal is to get this done as soon as possible. And as Gene pointed out, our preference is to, uh, is to purchase that lot. Um, and one way or another, we'll, we'll end up having access to that pipeline. So just wanted to make you aware of that. 
And I think it's important to note, um, Hal just recently uh, shared a picture that um, in the meantime, as we work through the ownership issue, our contractor has erected a, uh, a temporary fence that will uh, not allow any anybody to access the property. So even though there is no risk there, I think it's a it's a it's an added belt and suspenders suspenders protection. Um, any questions on that? Okay, let me let me continue, um, Chairwoman McBride. Um, with the solar project, um, as, as you, if you recall from last month, I was somewhat disappointed uh, with the information, the news that we had received uh, from Integrity, um, and I felt that I should do, I should try to do something beyond where things were at. Um, I called Jake Navholtz, and he is the CEO of Navholtz Construction, uh, which appears to be the parent company of Integrity, to express my concerns and frustration. Uh, obviously regarding the status of the solar project. He certainly understood my concerns and asked that I work with a uh, Michael Parker, and he is the president of Navholtz on this uh, on this project. I have si since had several calls with him and a meeting. I'm hopeful that we can uh, get this project back on track, but uh, I just wanted to give you an update as to where we're at now. And I certainly want to hopefully um, have some good news for you uh, for, uh, for next month. Uh, but but I will be giving you an, an update next month. Um, and um, Chairwoman McBride, those are my highlights. If there aren't any questions, I'd like to go on into the June proposed items, but uh, let me know. I do not have any questions, yep. All right, um, that being the case, uh, we are going to uh, come to you with three items. One is a recommendation of award for construction to the Adams Field primary clarifiers. That'll be there'll be some repairs um, and code uh, repairs and coding. That's what the project will entail. We're also recommendation of award for the benefit broker and consulting firm, and uh, this is for our uh, healthcare. Um, and then the last one is a recommendation of award for construction of the Fush Creek water reclamation embankment uh, damage. I think this might be the last part of that uh, of the FEMA project. So we'll have those three things coming to you um, in June. That's all I have. Fantastic. Great work, everybody. Any old business? New business. Our next meeting is June 15, 2022. I will be in the board meeting. So just clear out my spot. I hope y'all join me. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Is there any objection to adjourning the meeting? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Have a good night.